Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. John, fantasy players, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Monday, October 29th, let's cock-a-doodle-do it, this is Proto Experts in the morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I am your host, Dane Martinez, they call me Speeds, the spitting statistician, and as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King. Scott Angles, Scotty, week eight almost in the books. How you feeling? Uh, not so good. I'm no, uh, I'm no Colin Drew. I'll tell you that. I'm still staring at this, <laughs> uh, you know, zero one on uh, my daily screen. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate, but that's okay. You'll get right back on the horse next week. That's the beauty of DFS, Scott. <laughs> you know, like one week, one week you go down, and next week you win that cash. It's not like season long when you get shackled a little bit. Okay, so coming up at the end of week eight. Listen, it's starting to get serious. Okay, if you're four and four, if you're gonna be four and four, it's absolutely fine. If you're five and three, you're absolutely fine. After four weeks, after eight weeks, though, Scott, if you're sitting at three and five. Uh, you pretty much, you don't have any much room for error left anymore, huh? No, you don't, but, uh, you're not dead. You know, you can, you can reel off three or four in a row. Sure. And, uh, you know, certainly put yourself right back in the, uh, correct seat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Scotty, just for context, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. You've been doing this a lot longer than me. But most leagues that I'm in, you know, have your playoffs week 14, 15, 16. So that means most leagues, you know, have 13 regular season weeks. The way I always put it in my mind is that the highest scoring or maybe even the two highest scoring, seven and six teams usually sneak on in. So in my opinion, what I'm always looking for is if I can get seven and six, I'm competitive for a playoff 
spot. So even if I'm three and five right now, all it means is I got to reel something off and go four and one on the back half of the season. Is that about right? You know, in your experience, do seven and six teams that have good points is that usually where the line is? Seven and six in fantasy football is like ten and six in the NFL. It can get you in, but it, it won't a hundred percent guarantee it. So you, need you, know, to have you, good you like to you like to you like to shoot for eight and five. You know, I, I think sure. so. But uh, again, you know, I'll digress here, as you would say. Though this is yeah. why I hate having divisions in fantasy football because yes. divisions have no rhyme or reason. Uh, and people just randomly throw them in, and one team can win a division at seven and six, and then get a bye where they really don't deserve it. I don't, I don't understand divisions in fantasy football. People want to replicate the NFL, but if you do, you know, give give it a unifying thread. Like you, you know, in, the, in uh, you know, let, let let's just say like we start a league. Like, or I used to have a league at Sportsline uh, years ago where I, where where I want to work there, CBS Sportsline. We had a radio division. And we had a digital division. There has right, to be a sure. unifying thread. Otherwise, it makes no sense. And it's, it's, to me, it's silly to ridiculously throw random teams, you know, in the same bucket. But, you know, people will not complain about it because they're so used to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's a good analogy, Scotty, when you say the 7-6 and six is like 10-6 and six in the NFL. That's why what I said, you know, was like if you are the one of the highest scoring 7-6 and six teams, you feel comfortable, right? Because then that would be like that 10-6 and six team that has all the conference tiebreakers, you know, and then you feel a little bit more comfortable getting yourselves into the playoffs. Scotty, we're going to go game by game, and I want to let everybody know here that on Mondays and on Wednesdays, remember, there's no Mike Blewett at FST, so the King, Scott Angle, and myself we take the next two hours to break down everything we saw there were 10 games on the slate yesterday we will talk about all of them and then we will get you ready for Monday night football where there is a huge line Scotty the uh, New England Patriot Buffalo Bills game has now gone over two touchdowns the Bills are now 14 and a half point home dogs tonight against the defending AFC champion New England Patriots we'll get our, your thoughts on that a little bit later on in the show but first we dive into all the action what I want to do is get first a top line uh, kind of reaction to you about what I see as one of the most interesting storylines of yesterday we'll dig into some of the injuries before we go into the game by game as well but Scotty I gotta ask you something is the magic back in Tampa Bay and by magic of course I mean Harvard quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick where are you going now if you're Dirk Cutter because honestly I think you're gonna be going to the golf course in about two months anyway I've always said I think he's going to be the next coach fired in the NFL in his position now what do you go back to the Fitz magic here uh yeah maybe if, uh, if I hit the trade market but uh <laughs> please Gruden trade me trade me Derek Carr but you know both these quarterbacks are erratic you know Brian Fitzpatrick could go out and you know throw four interceptions himself next week we, we've we've seen it so you know right. we, we saw him play play really badly to the point, you know, just before he lost the job. You know, both these quarterbacks are erratic, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is more inspiring because there are no expectations there. It's a better story, et cetera. Uh, you know, he's yeah. good enough to lose with. Jameis Winston, the expectations are so much higher. But, you know, if you take away the expectations here, both these guys are really the same. You know, who are you going to go with? And, you know, I, th I, think it's, I think it's a tough decision here, but I, th I think the clubhouse respects Fitzpatrick more. His teammates yeah. embrace him just because it's yeah. such a great story. So, I, look, I'm just guessing, 
I don't know for sure. I'm not inside Dirk Cutter's head of the clubhouse, but I think they would go with Fitzpatrick, and uh, he'll probably be a pickup this week because despite the interceptions, there's still a lot of volumes. But this is the danger when you start Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick in seasonal or DFS is that they can crumble at any time. This is absolutely true. I mean, you know, you make a decent point, Scotty, in terms of the locker room might be behind Fitzmagic. I mean, you know, he's wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. I see him on the sideline. You know, he's he's got that good kind of energy, shall we say. There was a shot of him trying to, like, blow the Cincinnati field goals kicker, the game-winning kick wide and stuff like that. I remember him when he was yeah. with the Jets with guys like he's Brandon a fun Marshall story. and yeah. yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Scotty, which would make me lean – the other way towards Jameis. Um, Jameis is what, 25 years old? And I think that's like, that's the, that's the critical factor. Like to me, you know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not in you really like your future plans. He is not the future quarterback of this team. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Jameis Winston is the future either, but isn't there a greater chance of that being possible just because of the sheer fact that the man is 25 years old and like still has a chance here in this league, whereas we know the ceiling of Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't think the future is much of a consideration as it's still from a professional NFL team perspective. And if you were talking to any player, a former player, they would tell you the, the Buccaneers don't feel they're out of it. And who gives them the best chance to win right, right now? It's not about the future. They haven't tanked yet. They're a game under 500. They probably still feel like, hey, we, we reel off three consecutive wins. You know, with two consecutive wins, yeah. we're right back in this thing. So, who gives them the best chance to win? And I just feel that they believe, looking at it from the outside, that I think Fitzpatrick gives them a better chance to win. It's not about the future. It's about the next two to three weeks. All right, fair enough. As you mentioned, the Tampa Bay Bucks, even with that loss, they fall to three and four in the NFC South. You say they're still in it. I don't know if they're still in the division race much anymore. The Saints got a big win last night. They go to 6-1 and one on the season, so they are no, three not. games behind the New Orleans Saints. But as you mentioned, in the NFC, you know, where people were still talking about teams like Philadelphia, uh, you know, 24 hours ago, they were at 3-4. and four. They got a win to go to 4-4. Four and four. No one wants to count them out. So Tampa Bay at 3-4, and four, you never know when somebody can get on a run in this NFC. So I acknowledge, you know, they're not out of it just yet. I personally am not putting any money on them, however. I don't think Scotty, anybody is, but that's... That's the mentality of an NFL ball club, sure. though. We're only game over under 500. We can turn this around. Uh, so we're not mathematically out of it anywhere yet. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into it a little bit more when we go game by game. Uh, Scotty, I want to let people know that, remember, I was saying, even if you're 3-5, and five, you're not out of it. Okay, so still, go on over to rotoexperts.com and get the in-season exclusive edge, in-season fantasy football package. You'll get the King's rankings. You'll get the fantasy executives blog. You'll get the Slack chat. You'll get all sorts of great content on a week-to-week, -week, who to buy high, buy low, sell high on, you know, who you can trade, things of that nature. You get great insight and information to help you win your leagues and win that cash. Um, Scotty. When we do waivers tomorrow, I don't think there's going to be a ton of people because, in my opinion, it's usually correlated to, like, the big injuries that happened. And, you know, knock on wood, with obviously still Monday night football to go. I haven't seen many 
big-time injuries this week. The only ones that I saw, I saw three two kind of fantasy-relevant guys, and they are all wide receivers. We know about Will Fuller, unfortunately, who is the big one, the idea of his ACL, and that happened on Thursday. Then I saw Tariq Hill maybe with a groin, and I saw A.J. Green leave real, real late in the Cincy game with a toe injury. Um, any other things you are keeping an eye on? It seems like these are all wide receivers, so maybe we'll focus on the wide receiver waiver wire on tomorrow's show, but were there any other big injuries that uh, were on? On your radar? Uh, it looked like Mike Evans limped off late with a hamstring injury. But and they were He testing. came back on, though. He went yeah, back on the field, but, though. Yeah, and they were testing uh, A.J. Green. Yeah, but you never know, though. He come back on the field, though, and then they go back for tests after the game. You never know 100%. Uh, and sure. Then, uh, I mean, Green, if it was a huge, dramatic season injury, he wouldn't be back on the field. No. No, but there, you know, there's just some other stuff to watch for. You know, AJ sure. Green was having his knees tested on the sidelines late in the game, so you know that's something else to watch. But I okay. wouldn't say that you know you can't hit the waiver wire hard this week because you have six teams upcoming on a bye in week ah, nine, that's... so you're going to have to go out there. Uh, you know, publish this morning is going to be my Roto Experts Advanced Scout on the site, and uh, I'm going to have like a lot of waiver tips. All right, absolutely. You're absolutely right, Scotty. You know, when I look at the waiver wire, you, you are correct. The two things to consider are the injuries and the buys. And it may have been, knock on wood, a relatively light injury week. You're talking about some of the wide receivers. I was just defensive of Mike Evans because, trust me, I was watching Mike Evans. I got shares of Mike Evans everywhere. I saw him gimp off, um, uh, but then I also saw him back in the fold, they had a couple so of So you don't, want, you don't want him to be injured. That's what it's about. No, well, that is yeah. true. But I also did yeah. see him return to action and get end zone targets after he limped off, okay? So I'm just saying yeah. that I know for a fact he did, in fact, return to Oh, yeah, I'm just game. saying it's the something other... you'll keep a watch on. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, another another thing to keep an eye on, Scotty, you know, we talked about this a lot last week. Tomorrow is the NFL trading deadline, okay? Tomorrow at 4 o'clock is the NFL trading deadline. And honestly, Scott, I know we're spitballing a little bit here, but I want to say bounce two things off you. One is that it seems, to be honest, it seems like the Denver Broncos are like kind of you know, trade buzz central. You know, we got reports yesterday that, in fact, the Patriots had inquired about Demarius Thomas, that a few other teams were interested in Demarius Thomas. He may be a piece that is going to have – you're going to hear rumors about. And then I stay in uh, Denver land. Um, it seems like also their linebacker – when I hear the name Brandon Marshall, I always get a little bit – you know, I just wonder who we're talking about. But it seems like their linebacker Brandon Marshall, uh, there's some buzz about as well. Do you expect – you know, on Friday we talked that we don't expect – DT to be moved. Um, do you expect any? Do you do you expect anything to be moved here? I mean, now Houston is also without Will Fuller uh, for the rest of the season. It looks like that creates poss possibly an opening. Demarius Thomas. We've heard about Devonte Parker. Buzz. Are there any other names we should know about or uh, keep an eye on before tomorrow's trade deadline? I mean, we've even heard big time names like Shady McCoy and Le'Veon Bell. I don't think they're going to get moved either. But is there anybody you do think um, might be on move in the next forty eight hours? You know what, though? Use the word spitballing. If I said, you yeah. know, who do I think is going to be moved, uh, you know, I really don't have it a lot to base on. You know, I think Fair there's going to be some moves. I don't know if we really saw the Amari Cooper move coming. We certainly didn't see the Carlos Hyde move coming. You know, we're just right. not privy to these rumors. 
Deshaun Jackson has demanded a trade, but then they got right. him involved yesterday. If it's if it's and now Fitz is back, back, you know he's he's going to be very happy. So uh, maybe he won't demand a trade. Now, I've been wrong about Deshaun Jackson. I I thought he was just going to be boomer bust and disappear for weeks at a time, but he's been more boom than bust. But uh, you know you have to look at the teams that are tanking and that are out of it. And you know, the Raiders are saying they're going to keep. Derek Carr right now, but what other pieces right. do they really have to deal? Will they move Jared Cook? You, you know, I'm spitballing there. I have nothing to base. So no, I hear you. You know, with, with, with the with the Giants, you know, they're not going to move Odell. They're not going to move Barkley. You know, they're not going to move uh, Shepard. Janoris Jenkins. Move yeah, Janoris but, Jenkins, uh, Olivier Vernon. These are guys that could be moved. Yeah, you know, there's defensive pieces, but like from a fantasy perspective, skill position, you you, gotcha. you never know what can happen, but. You know, I might be doing a disservice by throwing names out there and I got nothing to back it up. No, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say nothing to back it up. There have been rumors in the in the in the beat writers and reports. No, what about... I'm saying is you went you went through all the names. So that oh, just okay. left me to Sean Jackson. Got you, got you. So yeah. what I will say are the names that I do think that there are reports on for fantasy purposes at least, Scott. I'm honing in on Demarius Thomas, Devontae Parker, and Deshaun Jackson as three skill players that at least there's some buzz about. Fair enough? Yes. Okay, cool. The last name I want to mention, I know you're going to think this is crazy, Scott, but um, do we hear anything from Des Bryant this week? It's already week eight. You know, we should just stop that. Okay. You don't think, like, yeah. for example, another team in Texas just lost a wide receiver in Houston. He's and they're missed, one, he's they've won five in a row. In, and the preseason. It's, it, there's I, I, nothing I happening you. with Des Bryant. All right. Fair enough. Fair that's enough. Beyond, that's beyond spitballing. Are we going to start now with, with, like, the Jaguars are going to sign Kaepernick? What's next? I don't know. Listen, I do think I do think that there's definitely some quarterbacks out there in the in the universe that are better than the 32nd in the world. I've talked about this already. My guys like Teddy yes, Bridgewater. My guys like Jacoby Brissett. But we'll see. It, it look it's it, it's old hat right now. It's you know yeah. Jacoby Brissett's not a name. You know we throw it out for fun, but they have they already you know got feelers on Brissett and they didn't move him earlier this year. All right, fair enough. I want to tell people, Scotty, congratulations to everybody who used the Major League Baseball DFS Optimizer now that the fantasy season and the Major League Baseball season is over. Scott, begrudgingly, I tip my cap to the Boston Red Sox, the 2018 World Series champions. But don't forget, listen, you can use those tools on, on DFS for NFL. We're winning cash left and right. You can use also use it on NBA betting tools okay if you are not using these tools it is a disservice to you okay we've been using printing money in the nfl the nba nhl and major league baseball going over to dailyrodo.com click on the go premium tab all right and enter the promo code fntsy for a special discount we dig into all the week eight games give you our reactions and what to do moving forward it's roto experts in the morning come on back the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. 
Scott. Sweet emotion. Know what it is? It is the spitting statistician and the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, let's start to dive into the week eight games that took place yesterday and give you our analysis, our takeaways, and what it means for you as you spin it forward to try to win your leagues and win that cash here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The day started very early with the strawberries and cream, top of the morning to you. It started even earlier, by the way, Scotty. Can we talk about this for a hot second? It started earlier for four members of the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary. Can you believe that this team doesn't have a curfew can you or what is more what is less believable that this team doesn't have a curfew or that they spent 36,000 pounds which is something like $46,000 on a bar tab at a club in one night which is crazier to you uh I think that's both crazy but the bar tab is a a little bit crazier but uh you know the secondary (laughs) did play that badly yesterday other than the touchdown to to Deedee Westbrook uh Jacksonville defense Bounce back a little bit, even though they did allow three touchdown passes. You know, in terms of yardage, they weren't that bad. But, you know, still, this unit has been a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Jacksonville secondary has been a disappointment. The Jacksonville running game was a huge disappointment yesterday, Scotty. Maybe they need Leonard Fournette after all. Look, Blake Bortles is this team's leading rusher with 43 yards. But listen, a lot of people going into this game were like, "Uh uh-oh, if Carlos Hyde is going to be active, what does that mean for T.J. Yeldon? Scotty, T.J. Yeldon at one point in time was number nine in your in-season ranks. Obviously, that was was before Carlos Hyde came in, but T.J. Yeldon, two carries for seven yards. Carlos Hyde, six carries for 11 yards. I know Yeldon adds the seven catches for 83 yards in the passing game, and so that makes his game look all right. You know what I mean? When he gets 90 yards and seven ca- and seven catches, that 16 in PPR scoring is fine. But talk to me about this Jacksonville run game, Scott. Well, it's uh, like you said, you know, that's what Yeldon does. And uh, that's why they acquired Hyde. They just don't feel they can rely on, on Yeldon as a runner when Hyde is out. And over the long term, like Jim Day and I were talking about on Fantasy Football Rewind, which you can listen to on demand, it, there was a report saying that Fournette's back in Week 10. Well, if it's so, you know, why did they acquire Hollis Hyde? They said the only thing exactly. I, I believe is is that from the long term, they believe that they need a handcuffed runner to lend Fournette because they just can't trust him to stay healthy. And, you know, that's really the only thing you can read into it. When Fournette's out, it's going to be a combination of Hyde running the ball, I think, and Lockett catching the ball. But at the same time, you know, Hyde six carries for 11 yards. Uh, He really didn't get a chance to get into a rhythm yesterday. I think he's better than what we saw, though. Okay, is Blake Bortles better than what we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks? Bortles goes 24 for 41, 286 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. But I got to say this, Scotty, if you're a fantasy owner, you also love the fact that he's scrambling for his life. You'll take the 43 yards. Honestly, he's got 43 yards right there. That would erase two interceptions if they came. They didn't even come yesterday. You got to figure Blake Bortles at least did enough to hold on to the starting job in Jacksonville, right? 
Yeah, but you really shouldn't have been using him in fantasy anyway, unless it's a two-quarterback league. Uh, you know, he actually played timid yesterday. Some NFL analysts are saying that, you know, only throwing, like, you know, crossing routes, et cetera. Right. Uh, you know, not taking a lot of chances, looking like he was playing scared a little bit. Well, he knew he was on a short leash. Yeah, exactly. And he, he played like it. So, you know, right now, it's a, even in a two-quarterback league, you're not feeling comfortable because you can get pulled at any time. All right, fair enough. Let's look at these other sides, Scott. The Philadelphia Eagles get a win, right? They go to 4-4, four and four, so they're right back and involved in the NFC. I want to ask you about two guys on Philadelphia that I two honestly, guys. I believe, two guys, did you say youths? Um, two youths that uh, youths. I got to believe are going to be on some waiver wire transaction uh, list here, Scotty, and I want to ask you about them one at a time. First, the leading rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles last week was Josh Adams. This kid out of Notre Dame, nine carries, 61 yards. He also gets a catch in the passing game. Listen, Corey Clement, only four carries for six yards. Um, Smallwood, eight for 24. It was Adams who had more carries and more yards than anyone. Uh, would you spend some budget on this kid uh, coming up tomorrow? Uh, not really too much. It's uh, I don't trust any. He look he had a twenty-one yard run and a seventeen yard run. He's a big back with some quickness here. But you know this this uh you know this back before that we were saying oh maybe we should pick up Corey Clement. Maybe we should pick up Wendell Smallwood. Right. Smallwood had the one one a catch for thirty-three yards. But I've been saying for weeks, you know he's not that big and he's just a north-south runner that doesn't do anything special. You know Corey Clement hasn't built on last year's postseason. At all whatsoever. Right. This team, this team, you know, really hurting for losing Jay Ajayi and Legarrette Blunt. They were difference makers for them last year. And, you know, this is a team that uh, maybe we don't know who they're going to acquire, but they're going to be in the market for a running back the next two days, I think, because pick up Josh Adams, but, you know, he could turn out to be another small one or Raheem Mostart and you know, turn out yeah. to be nothing. I don't have a hell of a lot of confidence in it. Okay, fair enough. Also, I mean, don't, don't forget, Darren Sproles eventually will complicate this even further. And I've seen them use Darren Sproles in between the tackles. No one thinks about that. I've seen them do it, Scott. Well, I just don't know with Darren Sproles either. 35 years old, coming off of a major injury last year, and, and you know, just an, another one uh, you know, coming up. I mean, another one this year. So yeah. I'm not I'm not expecting anything from Darren Sproles. Okay. All right, I just I wonder though, Scotty, if it's like because they actually have a four-person committee now, potentially, like in a week or two, right? With Clement and Smallwood and Adams and Sproles. I'm not saying any of them are fantasy relevant, but do the Eagles as an organization have enough faith in that committee that they don't think they need to go outside of the organization in the next 24 hours to get another running back? Uh, I'm not inside the organization. I don't know how they feel about Josh yeah. Adams, but, you know, yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable in it. I don't think you – know, I wouldn't feel comfortable about making a deep playoff run, especially against these explosive offenses, without acquiring maybe a runner that can help me control the clock. All right. Um, let me ask you this, Scotty. Uh, I said I wanted to bring up two members of the Philadelphia Eagles as potential waiver guys. One is Josh Adams. Another is a wide receiver, the guy who led this team in receiving yesterday. Honestly, is former Eagle, now again an Eagle, Jordan Matthews. Four catches for 93 yards. In the last few weeks, I want to ask you, first, before I ask if he's uh, 
you know, waiver viable. My first question for you is, has he hopped over Nelson Aguilar in the pecking order for the Eagles? I think this was a one-game mirage. I, I don't see any reason to believe it. You know, he had a long touchdown catch, you know, a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, to me, I think Aguilar, you know, uh, you know, he had a catch and run yesterday. I just don't think outside of Zach Ertz or also on Jeffrey there's anything to see here. Uh, if Wentz starts improving even more, maybe Aguilar gets involved in the mix. But, you know, to me, uh, you know, Jordan Matthews, it's like, you know, should I pick up Bryce Butler? Well, not Bryce Butler. I think that's a bad example. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, one, one of those guys who occasionally was going to score a long touchdown, but you're really not rosterable and you can't depend at all on it. You know, it's like picking up Hall from, from uh, you know, Atlanta. All right. All right, fair enough. We shall see. The Eagles, however, do go to 4-4, four and four, right back in the mix in the NFC. In the NFC East, they are also in the mix uh, because, you know, this is starting to spread out a little bit. The Washington football team gets a win at MetLife yesterday, 20-13 to 13 over the Giants. The Giants are 1-7 and seven and tanking as it looks. Remember, they have sold off their defensive pieces. They traded Eli Apple. They traded Snacks Harrison last week. I would not be surprised if a name like Janoris Jenkins joins the list of ex-Giants in the next 48 hours. A lot of teams are looking for cornerback help, Scott, left and right. Janoris Jenkins seems to be a, a perfect kind of guy to add, a quality cornerback of the NFL on a team that will not be using him anymore. But I digress. The Washington football team gets a 20-13 to 13 win. And remember, Scotty, I said that without Snacks Harrison there, that left a hole. I said I had Adrian Peterson in all of my DFS lineups. And he helped me yesterday with 149 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Get you another seven yards and a touchdown receiving as well. So 156 yards, two touchdowns for Adrian Peterson. A big-time game for him. Scotty, can we just accept that it's Peterson now for this team and is he just an RB2 moving forward? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's almost like retro Vikings in a way where – you know, you have a mediocre quarterback, and you don't know what the passing game, but Peterson's going to run the ball. Uh, over 95 yards in five of seven games so far to start the season. Only the third running back in, uh, in NFL history was 33 years old or, or, or over to do this, you know, as of last week. I haven't checked up whether the five of seven is a record, but I know the four of six uh, you know, would certainly put him in a, you know, in a very unique company there. I said it before, and I'll say it again. He doesn't run with the power and authority that he used to that made him, you know, one of the NFL's yeah. elite back. But we're finding out that 75 to 80% of Adrian Peterson right. is still better than a lot of other running backs. And the guy is always going to prove everybody wrong. And, you know, just another shot at the bow. Well, the ship has already sunk of years ago. People saying, oh, running back hits 30, you know, he's done. You know, right. uh, those old ax- axioms don't fit anymore. Save that for fantasy baseball. Listen, obviously, this guy, this is a guy who for his entire career has been breaking whatever those axioms were, right? Scott, I mean, the 30-year-old running back. Remember, this guy also tore his ACL and came back a lot quicker than anybody else nine months later to go ahead and run for 2,000 yards the following season. And to your point, Scotty, of 80% or 75%, whatever, of Adrian Peterson, you know, I take 80% of Jerry Rice as well. I take 80% of Tony Gonzalez as well. With Adrian Peterson, we were 
talking among the best of all time at his position. You know, the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl with 80% of Peyton Manning, so the Washington football team has won games. I with thought 80%. that was more like like 50%. Well, <laughs> the, the, it still makes the point, right? What we are talking yeah. about is Adrian Peterson at one point was literally one of the best this game has ever seen. So the idea of 80% of him is still, you know, just fine. And he is proving that week in and week out for this Washington football team. Scotty, I want to ask you this. You know what's However, interesting about Adrian Peterson? A few yeah. years ago when, when he was on it, they thought his last legs on uh, right. Minnesota. Uh, Chris, a friend, friend of the network uh, who used to work with us, Chris Dolman, was very tied mm. into Minnesota. He said, this yeah. is not the last you're going to see of Adrian because he wants to add and maybe cinch. He wants to add to his resume and maybe cinch his spot in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about Minnesota. After that, he had a stint in Arizona. After that, he had a stint in New Orleans. And he is now still after that in Washington, proving to be, we believe, a viable RB2 in fantasy this year. Let me ask you this, Scotty, about this team. Washington is, like, you know, flying under the radar, really. People are saying, you know, they're 5-2. and two. At this point, you know, you are what your record says you are. And the Washington yes. football team is five and two and a game and a half ahead of the defending champions in this division. Let me ask you this. You mentioned, though, Scotty, that there, this is a very, very inconsistent wide receiver, tent, you know, room right here. Dotson goes five for 49. Crowder misses yet another game. Paul Richardson in the mix. You know, not much. We know about the tight ends. Jordan Reed with seven catches as well. Um... I believe the Washington football team is a prime candidate to potentially be in the trade market and acquire one of these wide receivers we're talking about, the Demarius Thomases of the world. I don't know if Deshaun Jackson would ever go back there. But, you know, I mean, is this the kind of team that can use a wide receiver in the next 48 hours? Uh, maybe. Crowder's been hurt. Richardson's yep. been a bust like I've expected. There's talent there, but the quarterback just doesn't have a connection with them and getting the ball is acquiring Demarius Thomas going to make a big difference. You know, if, there's not an Amari Cooper type out there. But then again, we're spitballing. We don't know. Yeah. The only thing I can say is Washington has to get a big, you know, a big time playmaker there, somebody that 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 yeah. Alex Smith is familiar with. And, and uh, you know, I, I I can't see Demarius Thomas as that type of guy. Pierre Garcon. Isn't he familiar? And I know Garcon is familiar Pierre with Garcon that environment. Is, Pierre Garcon is fried. He, he's right. washed up. He's done. Right. Fair enough. Do you think, uh, yes or no, though, do you think that the Washington football team is the kind of team that should dip their toe in the trade market in the next 48 hours? I think they've got to do more dip their toe. They, you know, they've got to go into the pool, like up past right. the belly button here, and get, get like a yeah. significant playmaker because it, what's, what's out there that's a lot better than Jamison Crowder Paul Richardson, know. Jordan Reed. There really isn't a lot out there. They're, These uh, are the names me, that I'm thinking of. Demarius Thomas, right. Devontae Well, Parker, what I'm saying is, is, that, is that those kind of guys are not going to make enough of a difference. They already have and those you types have there. Let me ask you uh, about the New York side of things here. Saquon Barkley, bad rushing outing, only 38 yards, but he gets another nine catches for 73. So he does, in fact, go 100 and, what, 111 on the, you know, in scrimmage yards and nine catches. You'll take another 20-point effort from PPR out of Barkley. Odell Beckham, eight for 136. You'll take that as well. Going into this season, Scotty, I thought that the Giants were going to be a fantasy herd. Obviously, those those two. But then I also thought about Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. 
Ingram. It seems like these guys, though, are a tier below. Can you rely on Sterling Shepard, four for 34, and Evan Ingram is now touchdown dependent? What do you do on these Giants who we don't think have a good offense, especially if you're not named Saquon or Odell? Well, with with, uh, with Sterling Shepard, he's had some big games, but he's been very unreliable. He's been right. inconsistent, and you know you can't put him in the lineup with any confidence. Ingram, Ingram has had, uh, what, like 46 yards in the last two games since he's come back and his one touchdown came in garbage time, not that it doesn't count. But Evan right. Ingram right now, not a top-12 fantasy tight end. All right, so what do you – I mean, but tight end is such so crazy these days at the position overall. You still got to run Evan Ingram out week to week, though, right? Or am I – Not or really, no, now? because, okay. you know, look, looking at this landscape of tight end, you know, there are about 9 to 10 guys right now that you can pretty much – Say, okay, they're my fantasy starter every week. Right. Once you get past the top 10 or 11, though, you're talking about streamers. And right now, I think Evan Ingram's lost the tag of an every week start. Okay, so you have Evan Ingram, correct me if I'm wrong, then more in that other kind of streamer category, right? Yes, He's in there with a guy like yeah. CJ Uzuma. <laughs> Is that correct? He's in there with Uzuma. Yeah, well, what am um, I going to do this week? Uzuma or Ingram, you know? But that, you're saying that isn't actually a valid question? Yes. Okay, that's that gives you more context. My, how the mighty have fallen. Remember, some people had Evan Ingram as like tight end five or six going into the draft this year, and now we're actually Reed, considering. That's for sure. Yeah, think about this. Now we're actually considering him versus a guy like C.J. Uzma in Cincinnati. When we come back, more games to break down here from Week Eight. This is Spitting Statistician and El Rey de Fantasia. We put the fun in functional sports radio. It's Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on, right back. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players We don't just give you premier advice We play every day All major sports, all year round We never stop Industry leading DFS tools and custom projections And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer In minutes, build an optimized lineup For cash games and tourneys Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Engel. Making it happen here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, listen, at this point, oh, okay, I'll let you go there, Scotty, I'll let you go there. Remember, guys, if you want to join the fun, if you have some questions about Monday Night Football or early waivers, the number to call is 844-843-6879. We'll be taking your calls as they come in throughout the next hour and, you know, hour and a little bit as we take two hours to look back on week eight and we get you ready for Monday night football, uh, Patriots and Bills. Scotty, I mean, we are now eight games into the season, and so I think we all have to realize that this Patty Mahomes thing is for real. He has what? I think he now has 26 touchdowns on the season, 25 touchdowns on the season. It's absolutely ridiculous. The man is on pace for over 50, playing at an MVP level, another 300-yard game, another four touchdowns. The the Chiefs with another 30-point effort they go to 7-1 and one on the season, beating the Denver Broncos 30-23. Um, you know, most of the players look good again for Kansas City. 
Yeah, Kareem Hunt with like uh, the best looking touchdown run of the year on a fourth and oh one. Oh my goodness! Uh, on a, on an inside me? handoff, actually, it was like it was one of those hot passes, so it actually counted as a touch, touchdown pass. Yep. We actually leaped over a defender and then trucked everybody in, uh, you know, beast mode style uh, into the end zone. So very, very impressive. Uh, the third quickest quarterback to twenty five touchdown passes over eight over eight games. Uh, the third quickest quarterback to 25 touchdown passes behind only Tom Brady in 2007 and Peyton Manning in 2013 ahead of another Manning season with the Colts. So uh, you know, right now the number one quarterback in fantasy football. Sammy Watkins was a nice pick by Daly Roto yesterday as he scored twice. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Daly Roto has it. You know, all the time. That's what Daily Roto does. They help you win your leagues and win that cash. Great, as you mentioned. The hurdle out of Kareem Hunt was amazing. The pop pass that, listen, it's en vogue these days. I mean, Kamara got one for the Saints. You know, it's got to be great for a, a quarterback that all they got to do is take the snap and, like, treat it like a hot potato, and they get credit for a touchdown pass. So that we like, absolutely. Philip Lindsay on the other side of things, he does work. Listen, with, um, you know, Freeman out, Lindsey runs first, 95 yards. He gets a touchdown. He gets another 17 on the ground. This kid with 112 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, he's returning good value. The person I want to ask you about, though, on the Denver Broncos, Scotty, honestly, is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton with three catches, 78 yards. They have been targeting him, you know, down the sideline, in red zones. I just checked it in Yahoo leagues, at least. He's only 10% owned, so maybe his ownership percentage is a little higher in some of those more competitive leagues that you referenced, Scott, but he's got to be available. Would you ever try to get ahead of this trading deadline? We've all heard Demarius Thomas as a name. If you want to, you know, I mean, Scotty, do you take a chance and try to get ahead of it by uh, picking up a guy like Cortland Sutton, figuring that maybe next week for the Broncos, he's going to be starting in two wide receiver sets with Manny? You know, my Monday advanced scout was just published on rotoexperts.com and in the waiver section. I talk about mm. how in ESPN leagues, Cortland Sutton is 12.1% owned. And there even if go. Marius Thomas doesn't get traded, you know, this right. guy could start seeing more to- targets right. over Thomas. As far as as, they as, far as Lind- Lindsay goes, it's not about Freeman being out. He was the lead running back even when Freeman was in there. And Devontae Booker uh played the Freeman role and you know he totaled 101 yards for scrimmage and somebody you have to target as a waiver pickup you know if if you know, you need some running back help in a PPR the next week if Freeman is not back Okay, absolutely. So Lindsay is definitely someone that we like. Cortland Sutton is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Because, listen, as I say all the time with the rookie running backs, Scott, you know I've been on the rookie running backs, the Carrion Johnsons, the Sony Michels, as they ascend over time. The same can be said for some of these wide receivers. And Cortland Sutton, you know, we knew about Calvin Ridley, let's say, earlier on in the season. We're seeing other rookie wide receivers start to ascend. Guys like Christian Kirk in Arizona, for example. And I believe that Cortland Sutton is going to be on that same exact path. You've got to keep an eye out on him as Case Keenum looks to build chemistry with receivers who he believes will be there for the long term. Scotty, you mentioned on the other side with Kansas City, you mentioned Sammy Watkins. My question for you, listen, he has a great game. Eight catches, 170, 107 yards, two touchdowns. My question for you is, is this offense so great that you can take the number four option as a week-to-week starter? I mean, you know about Tariq Hill. You know about Travis Kelsey. You know about Kareem Hunt. Um, 
Is Watkins now a week-to-week starter just because this Chiefs offense is so prolific? I mean, we've talked about things like the Green Bay number three wide receiver as a viable option. You know, all four people in the Rams offense, you know, all three wideouts and, of course, uh, Todd Gurley as well. We've talked about the Saints offense that can support multiple wide receivers and multiple running backs. Um, Can the Chiefs support the number four option in fantasy on a week-to-week basis, Sammy Watkins? Uh, number th- number three option. Uh, four. You know, wide receiver. I, I guess you put him behind Kareem Hunt is what you're saying. Yeah, right? behind Kareem Hunt. Yes, Hill, Kelsey, I mean, as Hunt a, as are a, all ahead of him to me. As a pass as a pass catcher, you know, you can make a debate whether you know him or Hunt are like the third or or fourth passing option. I'm saying he's the fourth option for the offense overall. Right, fourth option for the offense. I don't think he can depend on it. You know, two weeks ago, two catches for 18 yards. Last week, four for 74. You know, he had week four against Denver. He got shut out. Uh, in week one, three catches for 21 yards. So simply look at the game log, and your answer is no, not going to be consistent. All right, there you have it. But listen, when it's, when it's good, it's real good, just like it was last week. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are cruising at 7-1. and one. They get the Rams in a couple of weeks. That's going to be very exciting. Don't forget, I know they're on bye, and you know how much I'm, hope, I'm hyping them because they were my pick early on. But do not sleep on the Los Angeles Chargers, who are still only one loss back in that division as well. Real the quick, Chiefs though, look absolutely with, with great. Watkins... Yeah. When it's yeah. good, it's not always great. You know, he's had three games over 18 points, but he's also had he's also had two below 13 in double figures. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's really inconsistent. The upside is there. I'll agree with you on that. But, uh, you know, he's all over the place. All right. Um, let's keep it moving, Scotty. Another game. I think the, uh, the, the closest game of the week was down in Cincinnati. The Bengals moved to 5-3 and three with a last-second field goal. 37-34. Listen, the Fitz Magic is back there for Tampa. I mean, he brought them all the way back. Unfortunately, t- that tie tying it up at 34 that hurt my uh, that hurt my one pick that I got wrong in our against the spread picks. I did have the Bengals minus four and a half. Uh, the back door was open to tie it up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let me ask you first. Let me let let's go. Let's go on the Cincy side first. Let's talk about the Cincinnati side of this one first. Joe Mixon, 21 carries, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Another 15 yards in the passing game. So 138, two touchdowns, three catches. You love what you see out of Joe Mixon. Um, this is this is what we should expect out of him, right? He's Is he one of those backs? You know, you tell me all the time, Scotty, outside of the top nine or so, it's a, it's a crapshoot with these guys. Which side of that line does Joe Mixon fall on? Because he's feeling dependable week to week to me. Uh, he's, he's top fantasy running back right now. Pretty much a must start every week. Except so for he next is, week because he's on a, he's on a when, bye. Right, but I'm saying you, you say all the time like the top eight or nine are stable. After that, you know, you can't really be sure. Is he in that category of the top guys oh, that are yeah. stable? Oh, yeah. He's like okay. – he's, he's, last week in, in season ranks I had him seventh, so – all right, so he does fit in that yeah. category. Wide receivers doing work. You know about A.J. Green. Five catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. They were looking at his toe on the sideline um, towards the end of the game. And Tyler Actually, Boyd was the continues. D. It was the D, yeah. Um, I got reports of possible turf toe there, uh, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye that out on that. That might be an addition you know, to the got... D. I actually saw yeah, the so trainer we'll like, yeah, looking at his D. 
Yeah, so we shall see. It could be both, you know. It's not, listen, who knows? We'll get. We'll obviously get the injury reports a little bit later on, but A.J. Green is someone to definitely keep an eye on because he did leave that game late. And then Tyler Boyd, listen, Scott, I mean, they've been looking for a number two opposite A.J. Green for a long time, and it looks like finally Tyler Boyd is the answer. They haven't had this since maybe Mohamed Sanu or like T.J. Hushmanzada, for goodness sakes, you know, to be a real number two wide receiver in Cincinnati. Yeah, what has it been since Carl Pickens or something like that? Yeah, but, something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, he was quiet, too, in the last three weeks heading in, but overall the numbers are still really impressive. Uh, to me, he's a high-end wide receiver, too, uh, top 15 in my in-season ranks for a while. All right, let's look at this Tampa side with a couple of minutes that we have I will, here. I will say, though, before we move on from the Bengals, yeah, though, another matchup for Andy Dalton where, you know, the numbers weren't terrible. He had 20 points, uh, just over 20, but still, uh, I think he expected more, and especially in daily, he probably didn't cash uh, at all big time if uh, you had Andy Dalton. That's probably true. You love the matchup going in. We love to attack the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, attack the Tampa Bay defense. And if you look just at first, you know, you see, oh, the Bengals scored 37 points. This must be great. But then you see only two touchdowns for Andy Dalton. He didn't turn the ball over. He had 280 yards. So a kind of, you know, not a horrible day, as you mentioned. You'll take the 20 points. But, you know, you were expecting a little bit more because of the matchup. I think the Tampa side is a little bit interesting. Is, is more interesting, though, Scotty. Like we've been talking about, we mentioned it at the top of the show. They, go, they fall to three and four. Quarterback kind of controversy. I want to ask you this, though. I still believe, you know, I've been saying that Jameis Winston was my call, how much I love Jameis Winston moving forward. And honestly, I, I, I don't think I was wrong because the reason, the reason that we love the Tampa quarterback so much is because of this Tampa defense, right? And if you look, honestly, Scott, if you added up Winston and Fitzpatrick, if you just had Tampa quarterback, I mean, we're talking about 470 yards, three touchdowns that the Tampa quarterback threw for. Yeah, there was four interceptions as well, but the Tampa quarterback also ran for 36 yards. I mean, Tampa quarterback is still going to be putting it up 50, game, 50 times a game and getting 400 yards. You just got to know which one it is. Yeah, and you know they're both pretty much the same quarterback to me. Maybe... Uh, you know, Winston's a little bit more turnover prone, but they're both erratic. And uh, you know, remember that Monday night game in Week Three where Fitzpatrick yeah. was, uh, you know, a very popular yeah. start, and uh, it just didn't happen. He played very badly. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this: I know this is a guy that we've kind of dismissed for the better part of the season. He was the starting running back at the beginning of the season. Then there was, you know, some buzz. People were expecting maybe Ronald Jones to start ascending. That never really happened, and Ronald Jones left this game. I believe it was with a hamstring injury, but he is banged up as well. At some point, do we have to accept that Peyton Barber is a viable, at the very least, flex play? I mean, Scotty, another 85 yards on the ground, another touchdown on the ground. I mean, listen... Especially now if there's going to be no Ronald Jones as well, if he gets banged up, you know, he's a starting running back in the NFL. Do we have to start to maybe give a second look to Peyton Barber? Maybe a second look, but, you know, Ronald Jones hasn't been there all year long. Peyton Barber's been good just for the the last week. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that he – he's had one good game all year long, really. Uh, there's no reason to get excited about Peyton Barber just – that was his first touchdown of the year, 
And uh, before that, you know, he's had he's had eighty yard games in two of the last three. But the week before that, it was thirty nine yards. There's no reason to get excited about Peyton Barber. You know, he's he's mediocre. He's good enough to lose with. It's you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this with Peyton Barber at all. You know, it's uh, four, fourteen points. Yeah, you know, like two weeks ago, he had a good game against Atlanta. But I I'm just not believing in it. You know, we saw we saw four consecutive weeks. Where the guy failed to score seven points, three right. consecutive weeks where he's fight, we couldn't score five against Cleveland in week seven. He had two points. So uh, you know Peyton Barber's a desperation streamer to me still. All right, but as you mentioned, two of the last three weeks, you know, he did get over 80 yards. He has the touchdown yesterday, 14 points yesterday, 20 points two weeks ago at Atlanta. The other thing I'll say, Scott, is as you know, next week there are six teams on by you are going to have to look at some you're going to have to give someone a second look scott with six teams on by and i'm just yeah saying you can consider the last him next week i'm just saying there's nothing to get excited about it you took know him seven games to, took him seven games to score a touchdown no, I hear you. I'm not saying I'm excited about it, but with six teams on by and his competition, Ronald Jones, leaving with an injury and this team going to likely still be in shootouts the way they always are because that defense is bad at Carolina. You know, next week, you know, Carolina puts up points at home. I could see it being another kind of back and forth game where there'll be some hidden production there. And with six teams on by, honestly, I think he could do worse than Peyton Barber, Scott. Uh, it'd be hard to do. Well, I think it'd be hard to do worse in a lot of cases. First off, Jones hasn't been competition from all year long. Second okay. off, you say that the offense moves a lot. They haven't used him as a finisher until yesterday. He didn't score for six consecutive games. Now, look, you make a good point that that uh, you know that there's six teams on a bye, and you might have to use them. But I still don't feel good about it. All right, uh, you know, I know your uh, your week ranks come out a little bit later on, you know, obviously in the week. I'm going to make an early call here, Scott, and when you're making your ranks, wherever he line, winds up, you know, so be it. Maybe we have a gentleman's bet. I, I'm going to tell you that next week, I believe Peyton Barber is a top 25 running back. I believe you need to start yeah, him next week with six that. teams on by. With six teams on by, I think he'll finish inside the top 25 next week. So let's remember that. Maybe we have the fodder for a gentleman's bet for week nine, but I digress. Real quick here, because we only got a couple of minutes before the top of the hour, I want to look at this passing game. Mike Evans, six catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. We know about that. Um, my question, though, honestly, as it relates to the rest of the guys, let's say Deshaun Jackson does go on the move. All year, Scotty, we have been hyping up Chris Godwin as as a guy, as a wide receiver that's kind of ascending, but he only catches two for 32. And on the flip side, Adam Humphreys goes seven for 76. Should we start considering Adam Humphreys as the kind of ascending little slot guy and not Godwin per se? Um, should Humphreys get added in leagues? Maybe Jameis has his eyes on him. I don't think that I would call him ascending. You know, okay. this is the kind of game you would see out of Humphreys, you know, once every three or four weeks when Winston was playing quarterback, because he likes him in the slot. But, there's, you know, there's a little bit of a floor, but there's not much upside there. And if Winston doesn't stick it as a starter, Humphreys is going to be irrelevant. You know, Deshaun Jackson, like I said, you know, I've underrated him. He's been double figures in all but one game. Chris Godwin's very touchdown dependent. He did have a two-point conversion. Uh, you know, yeah. Chris Godwin, I still believe, is a wide receiver four where Humphreys is a wide receiver five with Winston in there, and he's more of a wide receiver six 
put Fitzpatrick in there. All right, so clearly we still need to wait on some news, obviously, out of Tampa as it relates to their quarterback situation. But keep it locked to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You will get all the news and notes you need. We'll reset them at the top of the hour, Scott. And then we still got plenty of games to go through in week number eight before we preview Monday Night Football, which will put a cherry on top of week number eight. We're going game by game telling you what we take away and what you can use for the future. It's Dane and Scott. We continue on next hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Keep it locked.